Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. My name <laughs> is Deacon Natoli. You all right, mate? Yes. I'm oh. just so happy to see you. And I'm Lee Campbell. And this is this glorious mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. Now, Tegan, seeing as I have to put everything in your diary, <laughs> did you know tomorrow's Valentine's Day? Well, yes, because <laughs> I've got so many gifts for you. Oh, good. You know my love language is gifts. Yes. You better have. That's your love language, girlfriend. Yours, Yeah, that's what I mean. So yours are just words of affirmation. I just have yep. to tell you that you're my bestie. <laughs> yes, that's, and I, my cup will be filled. I want all of the gifts, but we're not yeah. here to talk about Valentine's Day. What is this week about? Today we are talking to our friend Kylie Camps. She's the founder and director of The Fray and The Kind Parenting Company, and we're going to chat to her about all things sleep. And of course, as always, our nails and fails. Kylie is mum of twin boys and, as the founder of The Fray, is a fountain of knowledge on all things parenting, being a certified infant and child sleep consultant. So welcome, Kylie. What are the biggest challenges you find that parents have when getting little kids to sleep? It's really common for people to get in touch with us and say that their babies are having really short cat naps and they're waking up cranky and frustrated, or it's protesting and really difficult, drawn out bedtimes that make the whole family feel really anxious, or it's the frequent nighttime wakings, depending on the age group. Age group's a really good point because at what point do you find parents come to you? Is it when they're starting a routine, four or five months? Is Is it five years and four years too old? But it's a really good point. Like, is there too early to start? Is there too late to start? There's a real variety of people to get in touch with us. And when I was doing in-home consultations, I could go from one consultation, which would be with a couple who were pregnant and really, really nervous to have their baby because they'd heard all of these horror stories about how, <laughs> you know what it's like when you're pregnant, everyone yeah. says, oh, oh you wait. Yeah, <laughs> never get a sleep in. aggression. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So some people would get in touch when they're pregnant and really nervous and just want to sort of understand what to expect and if they're are things they can implement early on and then other parents will get in touch when they're really at their breaking point there have been so many times I've walked into a house and I'll be greeted by a mum who is so broken and she'll say to me I've just been diagnosed with postpartum depression postnatal depression and she really is at her limit and so often I'll sit with that woman and I'll say to her like let's go through the symptoms you're experiencing because a lot of what someone's going through can also be sleep deprivation. Mm. It makes everything much worse, doesn't it? So much worse. Like how can you think clearly? How can you feel well when you're not yeah. getting sleep? 
I want to ask about sleep regressions because I know some experts believe in them and some experts don't. Do you think sleep regressions are a real thing? And what does that look like for, you know, different stages and ages? Absolutely. They're a real thing. I've got (laughs) twins. They're a real thing. You know, there's a really common one at four months of age where a baby goes from their newborn way of sleeping and they begin to sleep in a different rhythm. So there's that obvious change there and it can present as a regression, but truthfully it is moving forward. It's developmentally appropriate. Regressions happen. They can happen at different ages and they can look really different from family to family, much like teething. You know, Mm. we'll go through teething and they might be a little bit sooky in the afternoon, but they'll still sleep well. And then another family will have a baby who goes through teething and they're miserable. Mm. So it really can just depend. Asking for a friend, when's the last regression? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my boys are nine. I'll let you know. Uh, (laughs) 24. Yeah, 24, around 18. I think most people will experience a regression around two, and often that's to do with language development when little ones are beginning to string words together. Mm. When they're sort of connecting words and they're understanding it's more concepts, that can really affect their sleep as well. Yeah. My son's sleep is disrupted at the moment, but he's just had surgery. So I think it's down mm. to that. But what something I did, I think did right, was I moved him to a big boy bed just recently at Christmas when he was three and a half. It has been fantastic. He doesn't get out. He knows he can get out, but he'll still sing out when he's up in the morning. So I don't know. I'm giving myself a tick for that. But parents that are preparing to move their kids to a bed from a cot or whatever, perhaps they've got a newborn on the way. Is there a good window? Is there a good approach? I am definitely giving you a big tick there as well, Lee. I am all about keeping them in a cot for a little bit longer. So many people do rush that transition and I completely understand it. If you have a newborn coming along and you need that cot and cots are expensive, it makes sense that you would want to put them into a single bed, into that toddler bed. But a lot of the time, young toddlers just are not ready. I kept my boys in a cot until they were three, three and a half. And again, it depends on the child. Like my boys are quite petite. If you have a bigger child, you might be ready to get them in sooner. But I think don't rush it, especially if you have a newborn coming along because you might then end up, yes, you might have to invest in two cots, but it might save you in the long run rather than getting up and down all night and returning your slightly older one to the bedroom. I think it's important to keep the routine and rhythm as the same as possible don't make any other big changes. You know, whatever you have been doing, keep up with that. Also, just position wise in the bedroom, keeping the new bed in the same position that the cot was, that can oh, be like a really clever. nice comfort too. Yeah, mm. they've got the same the sort of view, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, we've had a look at our Mamma Mia family Facebook group, and there are a lot of questions re sleep. Yes. <laughs> I think it's probably the most commonly asked questions for us and what people want to hear on this podcast. So, we thought we'd throw a few at you if that's okay. Go for it. So, my almost five year old has a lot of trouble going to sleep. We stick to a bedtime of 7 p.m., and he won't often fall asleep until 8 or 8 30 p.m., unless we give him a melatonin gummy, which I don't want to do often. We don't have screens from 6 p.m., have a pretty regular routine, and his room is fairly dark, and he wakes at 5 36 a.m. every morning. His mood has 100% changed in the last six months or so. He's become very angry and aggressive so quickly. Could that be from the lack of sleep or is this just normal four-year-old behavior? Look, it could absolutely 
be partly to do with the lack of sleep. You know what it's like when you're not sleeping well, you're quicker to anger, you have less resilience. Around four years of age as well, I'm fairly sure there's a big dose of testosterone happening too, Mm -hmm. which can change behavior, particularly, of course, in little boys. Given that this little one is four years old and sometimes falling to sleep at 8.30 at night, that's quite a late bedtime. I would be curious to know, and it would be so nice if I could chat with this mom, yes. like get it a call in or whatever. We're like solve this problem yes. based on these five yeah. sentences. This is the riddle. <laughs> it would be lovely to have that back and forth. But I would be very curious to know what's happening during that 90-minute period between the time the little one gets into bed at 7 and then falls to sleep at 8.30 p.m. Is he up and out of his bed? Is mum or dad sitting next to him as he falls asleep? Like what's actually going on during that time? I'd be fascinated Mm. to know because it might be a case of doing like a gradual reduction if the Mm. child needs mum or dad to sit with him to fall asleep. Okay, for the first couple of nights, we're going to sit for 10 minutes, then we're going to sit a little further out, then a little further out until we get to a point where we can just circle back in and check on him. The other thing I would suggest trying, and this just will depend on the family's dynamic in terms of what time daycare finishes, what time they get dinner on the table, all of that stuff matters. But perhaps moving bedtime earlier, I'd be going for more of a 6.30 p.m. bedtime. I'd get rid of screens in the afternoon altogether just for a little while, which I know is so tough. Like I get how much you need the screens to get dinner (laughs) on the table. Like I know how exhausting that can be. But best practice is good to know because then if you know it, you can apply, you know, the parts that work for you. It's worth giving it a crack. I would remove it just maybe through the week, get bedtime a little earlier and just consider what's happening in that 90-minute period there. Mm, that's mm. so handy. It's definitely easier to do that kind of thing when daylight savings is over too. Well, that's I, the thing. Yeah. I try and put my son down and here and he's, he's like, like well, it's still sunny outside. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, the sun gets to stay up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny she says wakes between 5.30 and 6. My son does too. If it's 5.30, for me, that feels like the middle of the night. But if it's 6, I'm like, okay, 6 is a mental okay. Like 6 yeah. for me is okay. Is there a normal sort of waking time for toddlers and preschoolers? Every family is so different. Some families will really stick to that seven to seven type of rhythm. I'm a bit like you, Lee, with 5.30 seems very early. Like that seems very rude, but after six, that's quite (laughs) civilized. Yeah. It's a mental hurdle. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But if we're looking at a 5.30 or 6am wake up and we were to go, you know what, in a perfect world, we'd love this little one to have 12 hours of sleep. Let's make bed six or 6.30 and see what happens. Yeah. Because I'm sure you two completely relate to this people will say to you you know oh keep them up later and they'll sleep later no you keep them up later they wake up earlier (laughs) yes I know sleep induces sleep doesn't it yeah we've got another question about an 18 month old so they've said my almost 18 month old is on one one and a half hour nap self settles himself to sleep within 10 minutes always wakes up at 3 a.m It's not regressions, developmental. He's been doing this since he was eight or nine months. We've had at least two to three split nights a week, if not back to back every night. We've tried everything and he's still staying up until five-ish and then falling back asleep again. Oh, Oh gosh. So up at three. And then back at five. Back at five. Whoa. And awake for that two-hour period. And much like the earlier question, I would love to know what happens during that two-hour period, right? Mm. Because sometimes we're so exhausted that we'll bring them into our bed and it's like, Mm. this is what's working in the moment, but it might not be sustainable long-term. I'd be curious to know what happens during that time. Are they coming out of the bedroom, coming into mum and dad? Having a feed. Having a feed. 
And like just the other day I was chatting with one of my girlfriends and she's going through a similar thing. And she said, I'm so broken and exhausted. I just put the TV on. That's what we do. And then he goes back to sleep and he'll sleep till seven. And that's just what works in the moment. So I'd be Mm. curious there. Something else that sounds so silly but could be worth considering is the temperature at 3 a.m. It Mm. sounds so silly, but there have been times when we will work with families And honestly, it's just about changing the level of the sleeping bag or adding another layer because they're waking because they're cold or too hot. (laughs) Like it really can make a difference. And if it's just consistently at that time, there might be a bit of a temperature drop happening there. Go back to the good old tog days. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The togs. What togs? Well, that's it. I mean, Alexander just went out of sleep suits again. I couldn't find any that fit him anymore at three and a half, but now he's in a bed. He doesn't get out in the middle of the night. Mom, my blanket fell off. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I've taught you how to pull it off. (laughs) So I feel like sleep with kids, it's not like you think sleep and babies, but Mm. no, it's sleep and kids into preschool, into school. It evolves, yeah. Absolutely. I was just saying recently on my own Instagram stories with one of my boys, we just got in the habit, like I got in the habit of sitting with him to fall asleep. And this is like, I'm a sleep consultant and he's nine, but I thought, you know what? He really needs me at that time. And then I had to have a bit of a come to Jesus moment with myself and go, <laughs> yes. this isn't working. And so again, I had to do the gradual reduction and now it's great. Like he's back to just putting himself to sleep yeah. and it's easy, yeah. but it's one of those things that just continues on. Yeah. And a lot training. of those, a lot of those tough things I find, you know, it's hard for a week yeah, to break. Yeah, short-term pain, long-term yeah, gain. Yeah. As you said, my twins went through a stage where the same thing was sitting in there and in the time I'm like, oh, I don't want to face the having to change and break this cycle. Yeah. But once you do, you're like, oh my gosh, I can sit there and have a conversation with my husband yes. or sit there and have a coffee before I go to bed or oh, coffee before bed. Don't have that coffee would, before no, don't bed. Do that. Kylie, you're a wealth of knowledge. If people want to learn more about the fray, where can they go? We've got the Frey podcast and you can also visit thefrey.com, F-R-A-E.com. Jump on over to my Instagram, which is at Kylie Camps, and you can find all of the links for the Kind Parenting Company as well. Oh, you're a legend. Thanks for joining us. I think we're going to have you back on again soon because we've got so much to chat to you about. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Nails and fails. I don't like mine. Oh, go on. Maybe mine are a fail. Well, my fail actually (laughs) happened in front of you the other day. We were hanging out on the weekend. You know how Alexander loves to make up? Like he has the most elaborate stories. He's normally at the rocket ship, da-da-da-da-da. And we're all sitting around. He's often a cat. Yeah, he's he's mostly a cat. I don't know where your kids were, but they were in an earshot. We were all around just adults and he started telling a story. Hey, you know when I was parking my boat the other day and I was going so fast and then I couldn't stop and I said, hey, F. And then everyone said, what did you say? And he told the story again. And he's like, hey, F, guys. And I'm like, oh, I don't even use the F word around him. He probably got it off me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is your fail. But the problem was because we we're all lolling about it so much because he used it like in perfect context. It was fabulous. It sounded like a bogan grown-up dad was telling a story, <laughs> not a three-year-old. But he hasn't used the F word since. It was his first F word. 
I think he knew it was funny and yeah, he d- and like a naughty word. He loved it. He knew. No. Because I said, what did you just say? Yeah. And then he re-said it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like. F, guys. Oh, my ears deceiving me. Yeah. But he knew he was funny. But he's gone back to bum-bum now. So. Oh, bum-bum. Okay. Oh, bum-bum. But so it was a fail but a short-term fail. But, yeah, thanks. My little parrot can't hang out with you anymore. At least he's not <laughs> saying he's an effing robot. Yeah, he's probably got <laughs> like it from Banjo. Banjo. Yeah. What's oh your gosh. fail? Well, I'll start with my nail. Oh, okay. Because. I took Banjo for his four-year-old immunisation the other week and he was an absolute trooper. Like he was excited. I've been talking about it for a while and obviously the girls did it the year prior. So it's almost like he'd missed out on this thing and it was finally his turn. And the girls were like, it doesn't even hurt Banjo. You're going to be fine, like prepping him up for it. And um, And how did you prep him? Did you say you're going to get a needle? Yeah, like and I'd asked him for a few days, do you want to go for your needle today? And he's like, no. I'm like, that's okay, we can go like three days later. So it was like not a pressure. And, you know, four is the age where they know what's going on. You can't trick them and like say, oh, look at the birdie. And then they dismiss that it's going in their arm. Like they need to actually be, you know, really prepared mentally. And still. And then it was funny because he didn't want to sit on my lap. Like he's like, no, I'm fine. And the doctor's kind of like, do you love your child? I'm like, he doesn't want to sit on my lap. He doesn't want to. And he's like, I'd like it if he did. I'm like, okay, sure. No worries. But anyway, he did so well. Didn't flinch. And even the doctor's like, how did you train him to be like that? Teach me. No, no, no. I've just been talking to him about it so much in the lead up. So it wasn't a fearful or a surprising yes. thing. So we totally nailed that. That is such a nail, my friend. All shots done now, so I don't know when the next ones are. No more Blue Book for us, oh let me tell God. you. Yeah, and I think Blue Book's a New South Wales thing. I don't even know where my Blue Book is. No, and you don't need to. Like even his, Doesn't even it go the, on the, the register yes, in the internet or something? that's right. I'm oh. like, it's all online now, so you don't need that oh. stuff. But my fail is while we were waiting for the doctor, yes. <laughs> we're sitting in the waiting room and Benji goes, Mummy, have you got feathers on your face? I'm like, what? I'm thinking, oh, did I run into a bird? Yeah. I'm like, where? And he points to my cheek. It's like my leg. He goes, (laughs) he said, it's like my leg. (laughs) He was referring to the hair on my face. Your peach fuzz. My hair (laughs) are feathers. They're not just peach fuzz. Feathers, fur or fin. He's he's referring to my face. I have been trying to get you to shave your face for months. You have. You won't do it. You need to listen to your beauty. Let me tell you, the next day I went straight to get me lip waxed at least because (laughs) I don't even think that was his problem. But, you know, the fact that he noticed and commented out of the mouths of babes, God love you, you're so good for my confidence. All I do is build you up and all you do is just rip me down. Oh my God, feathers. Oh, God, I hope he's a hairy little half Italian. (laughs) I'll get you back. Yeah, but it'll be hot on him. It's the patriarchy. Women can't have hair, but men can. Don't get me started. Well, my nail is only a small nail, but it took me three and a half years to work it out. Was it that you shaved your face? (laughs) No, I nailed that years ago. Hello, get on board. I don't like going to the beach. Mm. It's just sandy. Breaking news. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Riveting. And wet. Alexander's got a really big fear of waves because he was once bowled over. Yes. Long story. So the beach we normally go to has it's really flat, but it's a really long beach, and yep. so like to sit back in the dry sand, they're really down by the water, and it's too hard. You come back and you have to hop up. Blah. Yeah. We tried a new beach that was further away, but it was my idea actually because I'm a genius. <laughs> short sand, like short strip of sand to the water. <laughs> But also one of those like pool, like ropey thingies. So like he can't be scared that sharks are coming in. Oh, yeah. 
because oh. he's obsessed with sharks. Okay. Anyway, it just made the whole thing so much more joyous because we were sat on dry sand but right near the water. We could see him. He couldn't leave the beach because it's yes. kind of locked in. It was just such a... Are you having a moment because you're like, wow, I never thought a beach could be relaxing I just never me. thought I could, yeah, I can't normally sit down. Normally I have to stand in the water with him and yeah, blah, 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 boat. which is lovely for a little while. But this time, like Rich and I could both sit. He would just run down play, say, did you see that? Like I actually enjoyed the beach with the toddler for the first time. And it's also the age too because as he's getting, I know that he doesn't like the beach and he's getting. And no, he's but I must say, I was just thinking, he did. He played with his other little boy that day. Yes, and, and he made the age. So then it's like, I just don't only see you, mum. Yes. There's other kids. And, and I'm also, a little bit like, more if confident he did topple over, he knows how to get up. Yeah, like, he's like not like an 18 in month old. 100%. Look, and I know we're very blessed to live, you know, in driving distance to beaches. And I know a lot of Australians don't, but. The beach pre-kids, I took it for granted, like the fact that you could just lie there and read a book or whatever. And then when you've got <laughs> everything a, pre-kids, yeah, carrying all <laughs> the, the things, hangovers the sand. <laughs> but I had a joyous day at the beach, and so now I don't Congratulations. care. Congratulations! How far I have to drive, I'm going to the right beach for us. Yes. And in my life, that is a nail this week. <laughs> so what does that tell you? I love. Yeah, things are going swimmingly. <laughs> and on that note, thanks for listening to this glorious mess. Get in touch with us. We have an email address. It is tgm at mamamia.com.au. Join our family group on Facebook. It's called Mamma Mia Family. And leave us a review if you like us. And last but not least, this episode was produced by the wonderful Claire O'Halloran. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Listener.